news almost daily. There were protests. Uh, there were the casualty figures. I remember seeing uh, um, Walter Cronkite on the CBS Evening News rehearsing, okay, here's how many were, were injured or wounded or whatever. Um, another major cultural influence uh, was the Woodstock Music Festival just a few months before TCF started. And uh, it, wa it wasn't so much a shaper of culture as it was a reflection of what was going on in our culture. A few months ago, I watched a documentary on Woodstock, and it's amazing how many bad things came out of that, that milieu, that, uh, that culture that you saw at Woodstock. A lot of good music came out of that, too, but, uh, but that's kind of beside the point. Uh, it was, uh, we're now seeing how Woodstock was kind of a predictor of many significant cultural changes in our world, and much of it wasn't very good, at least from a Christian perspective. And so these were some of the people that TCF was ministering to on what they used to call the Restless Ribbon, that stretch of Peoria, and uh, that's kind of moved over to Memorial now, actually. They have a similar place where kids and uh, runaways, and they, they park, and they hang out, and they get in trouble, and they drink, and they do drugs, and that was what was happening back then and the days when TCF first began. And uh, another cultural influencer were the Beatles. And I'm guessing that this will probably be the only church in town. Well, maybe not. That you'll hear Beatles music this morning. It's probably the first time that this was heard at TCF, hearing the Beatles. And I suppose you might hear Beatles if you show up here early for worship practice because Tom may be just warming up and he may be playing or Jim Downing may be doing the same thing on the piano. But that's kind of the only way you'll hear that. Now, Dory Shupak reminded me that uh, kids would routine routinely misspell Beatles in 1969 and they misspelled monkeys too. Remember the monkeys? But they didn't misspell Jimi Hendrix. Now, I, uh, I'm going to show you uh, another clip here. The number one song on the charts that week was by a group called The Fifth Dimension. It was called Wedding Bell Blues. Anybody remember that song, Wedding Bell Blues? Okay. And the song the week before TCF started was Elvis Presley, Suspicious Minds. Now, I want you to tell me, I want you to consider, if you think it's a coincidence, uh, the song's opening line, the first line of this song that I'm going to just show you a br brief clip of, in comparison to TCF's first pastor's name. <laughs> Coincidence? Or the Holy Spirit at work? You decide. <laughs> the number one movie in 1969 was Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. The top TV show was Laugh-In. Remember Laugh-In? It was on for about six seasons. It was a very popular TV show. And actually, just last night, I watched an old Laugh-In from the second season the year before TCF started. And I got to tell you, it's very dated. It was all very topical humor. And it's very dated, and it wasn't actually very funny, but I remember in the day thinking it was very funny. So, 
this. But there's a few things that you'd like, like the, 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 this, this skit with uh, the little old lady with the purse and what they call the dirty old man. Anyway, Sakatumi. Remember that? Sakatumi? Okay. Other things in history. The first data was sent over ARPANET, and that was the precursor to the Internet. And the first message was actually sent four days before TCF's first service, and the message was login, and the server crashed. <laughs> actually, they only, I, I read somewhere else that they only got the LO in, that's all, and then the server crashed. So oh, that's a lot of data, you know, what, five letters, huh? And uh, the microprocessor was invented. That's the uh, thing that allows you to carry around those little computers in your pockets that are called smartphones. Uh, back in the day, that's when that was invented. The very same year, 1969, and the first uh, automatic teller machine, automated teller machine, was, uh, went into service in 1969. Now, how about this? The average cost of a new house was $15,500. I kind of wish you could go back to that. Of course, you didn't make nearly as much either. Average cost of a new car, $3,270. Average income per year, $85.50. That was the average income. Gasoline was 35 cents a gallon. And Sesame Street debuted a week after TCF's first service. And then uh, that was also the year that we put our first man on the moon. So just some, some interesting historical facts about the era in which TCF was born. So when 1969 began, Bill Sanders, who was the first pastor of TCF, was the pastor of a large Baptist church. And one of, the th one of the ministries of the church was they were going out on this place they called the Restless Ribbon. And there were, again, there were hippies and drug addicts and runaways. And they were out there. And a group of people from the church were going out there on Friday nights and Saturday nights. And they were witnessing. And these kids were getting saved. And they were coming into this church with their long hair and their ripped jeans. And it led to a little bit of trouble. And we'll talk about that here a little bit when we get David up here. We're not going to rehearse the whole TCF story. In fact, you can read it online. You go to the TCF website and there, the TCF story is there. But we're going to hit some of the highlights this morning of that. And then when 1969 ended, Bill had been fired from this Baptist church and he was soon called to be the first pastor of a new church called Tulsa Christian Fellowship. When the year ended, TCF was about two months old and meeting at Wright Junior High School. That's a news clipping. And TCF was very much in the news, actually, in those days. There's a lot of news clippings that the family has. I scanned some of those um, 10 years ago when we celebrated our 40th anniversary. And uh, some of it's really interesting stuff. There were all, all kinds of news clippings and things like that. So it was quite an event in Tulsa at that time. So since 1969, uh, Chuck Farah joined Bill in leadership after the church's founding. Bill and Chuck were the co-pastors. And TCF met at Wright Junior High, but they, we also met at Bird Junior High. We met at Edison. We met at East Central High School before we ended up back at Wright. And then we purchased this current building that we're sitting in right now in 1980. And actually, this is the 39th anniversary of moving into this building in November 1980. We moved into this building, and we paid it off several years ago. So I was telling uh, Nick a few minutes ago, we like to say it ain't pretty, but it's ours. And since 1969, TCF has sent missionaries to 45 different nations. Missions remains the heartbeat of this church. And like we mentioned a moment ago, uh, we did pray one day, Lord, give us 
one missionary we can call our own. And now all of those 45 were missionaries we could call our own. We can call them our own because they all sat right here with us. We fellowshiped with them. We prayed with them. We helped prepare them to go to the field, and now they're on the field. We have a dozen right now. These flags that you see around the auditorium represent just some of the countries where we have missionaries now or we've had missionaries in the past. And I thought about having a quiz and see how many flags you can name, but that would take too long with the number of people here. So we won't do that. But that's, again, the heartbeat of TCF is missions. And so uh, that's why we have all these flags hanging up. We don't do this every Sunday. We do do a missions moment every Sunday and feature the flag of the nation from our Missionary of the Week for that. One of the things that happened over the years is TCF transitioned, and this happened over a period of many years, because in the beginning, Bill and Chuck were really the pastors, and then Jim Garrett came along in the early 80s, and he was a third co-pastor. Uh, they ha also had elders in those days, and so it was really from the maybe the beginning of the 80s until the mid-90s that TCF fully transitioned from being a senior pastor-led, a pastor-led church, to an elder-led church, which we are today. And uh, Dave Troutman and I like to say that, uh, that that really happened when we were ordained as elders in 1996, and we don't know if there's a cause and effect there, but that's one of the things that happened. And last year, we added three new elders uh, to carry us into the next generation of TCF when we ordained three new elders in 2018. Uh, through the years, of course, we've done all kinds of outreaches in the city, in the neighborhood, in this neighborhood now, our most significant outreach is we have a Bible club in the public school. and We've had it there for a dozen years now. Fifteen years we've had it uh, at Kendall Whittier Elementary. Wow, can you imagine that, a public school? And you had basically, it's like a Sunday school class that we have uh, called Good News Club. And uh, we do an annual VBS where most of the kids who come are from the neighborhood, so that's part of our outreach, and we do all kinds of other individual outreaches. So we're grateful for these things that God has used us for. And uh, again, the legacy of that uh, comes directly from that very first Sunday when a group of TCFers or a group of people from this Baptist church got together, said we need to start a new church and called Bill Sanders to be their pastor. Now one of the people, two of the people who were there on that very first Sunday were Willard and Nettie Hudson. And uh, they were part of that group that started TCF and called Bill to be the first pastor of TCF. And 10 years ago, uh, Nettie was in a nursing home, and I would visit her every week. And uh, I went right before our 40th anniversary and recorded an interview with her. And I'm going to show you uh, pieces of that today because she's remembering the early days of TCF.
Isn't it great just to see Nettie's face and hear her voice? Huh? That's a wonderful thing. And we, we miss Willard. Willard went to be with the Lord in 1995. Um, but we had Nettie with us really until the end of her life, and we're grateful for that. So one of the things the elders talked about as we began to think through what do we want this service to look like is we need a connection to that, those very first days. And so we're going to do that in two ways this morning. Uh, in a minute, I'm going to introduce David, but, uh, but right now, uh, how many of you remember this? The TCF worship album. Did you know that TCF produced a worship album in the early 70s, just a few years after, uh, a few years after the church started? And uh, at the very beginning of this worship album, Bill introduces the worship album and prays. And that's the crackle on the album. It is, after all, almost 50 years ago. So. go, the voice of Bill Sanders, TCF's very first pastor. Isn't that cool? And all of us are part of his legacy in a very real and very powerful way. And there's another person we're going to hear from this morning. David, come on up. This is, this is David Sanders. This is Bill's oldest son. And David was all of 13 years old. Come on, have a seat over here, David. So when we were talking about this, I asked, I asked David, well, you know, were you aware of anything that was going on back in those days, or were you like most teenagers and just pretty significantly self-absorbed? And he said, yeah, I was self-absorbed. <laughs> that, that was me. But anyway, we wanted to ask David to come up here, and we're going to talk about some of the things that happened in those early days and some of his memories here. So, uh, so anyway, uh, David, I want to ask you first if you were aware of the turmoil around the house when your dad was actually fired from Brookside Baptist Church. Let me take a deep breath. <laughs> um, the answer to that is, is no. Um, there was a real peace around our house. And um, 
dad was very uh, in tune with the Holy Spirit and what was going on. And I think part of that stems from, like I shared with you, Bill, um, when we first moved to Oklahoma, we had lived in a rural area in Kentucky. And moving to Oklahoma, I, um, I heard a couple people talking about this foreign concept of, uh, of, uh, of an allowance. <laughs> so when I questioned my dad about it, and I'm coming full circle here, Bill. Um, <laughs> When I questioned my dad about it, I said, uh, uh, what about this? Is, is there a possibility of this? And I had a Tulsa Tribune route within two weeks. <laughs> yeah. but, um, but eventually, by the time TCF had started, I had a, uh, a morning route. And one of the things I remember, Bill, was getting up in the morning and going on that route and my dad would be sitting there in the living room with the word of God open. Or maybe by the time I got back from my route, he would be kneeling and praying. So he was very in tune. He was not nervous or upset. He was waiting to see what the Lord would do. Mm-hmm. You know, those early days had to be pretty hectic. I mean, it, you have a brand new church. It's in the news all the time. And, uh, and people are coming. And things are happening. And what do you remember about your dad's demeanor in those early days? What was he? Was he frantic? Was he excited? Was he what? Well, um, I'm going to cheat a little bit here. Dad Cheating's was good fine. at cheating at dominoes and horses. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, I can't remember my password. Oh, that's not good. Um, <laughs> but um, my sister Shirley, also known as Laney, um, I had asked her a, a question similar to this. Mm-hmm. And, and you ask about his demeanor, his whole attitude. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was an exciting time. Mm-hmm. He was, he was, it was a wait and see what, what was the Holy Spirit going to do next. Mm-hmm. And uh, Shirley wrote this to me this week. She said, as an adult, I'm struck by the courage it took to, to, took to step out of, I can't read with my hands shaking. Um, as an adult, I'm struck by the courage it took to step out of the church norm to obey God. That's faith to me. Not because everything was right on target, but because dad had to trust God. You know, what God does doesn't always look like what you think it will or should look. When you put yourself out there to obey God, you will be critiqued. You most likely won't be understood by the majority, especially the majority of Christians. And you think about your average Christian church at that time. This was, this was a brand new thing in Tulsa. This move of the Spirit was, was a brand new thing. It was breaking out of man's tradition of what church looked like to follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit for each move, for when and if to move. And, and one of the things that she commented on was in some of these home fellowships, people were coming. They were, they were up the stairwell. They were overflowing into bedrooms on the front porch to see what God was going to do next. So his demeanor was, well, Lord, 
what are you going to do next? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. and he obeyed. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the one of the interesting things about I never really realized until later on in life is my dad lived what he preached, and uh, that was a great example for us. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Um, you know, we've heard the stories about. Uh, some of these street kids that were getting saved and didn't really have anywhere to go, sleeping on your floor. What do you remember about those days? I remember some of that. I remember the aroma wasn't always too good. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but mom and dad were very protective. And, uh, and, and I, you know, usually they were fed early and, and, uh, and I don't know where they went next, but it was a safe haven a place to follow up from the ministry of, you know, you remember the one-way bus and, and, and dad going down on Peoria. And, um, you know, he was a natural evangelist. He would walk up to people and say, do you know my Jesus? And it wouldn't be a, an act or a game. He was sincere. And, uh, and, and people, tell him how you responded to that when he would be with you. <laughs> You know, it, it, it's sad, but um, I would almost be embarrassed because I would think I was still of the frame of mind a dyed-in-the-wool Southern Baptist, you know. Well, now I'm a King James-only Southern Baptist with a charismatic <laughs> twist, but, uh, but it's a, um, he wasn't ashamed of the gospel, mm -hmm. and, and he lived it, and he preached it, and he got out there whether he was going to the gas station, the attendant might hey, hear, hey, do you know my Jesus? Can I invite you to church? Uh, kids on the street, sandals, long hair, looked a lot like Gordon. Where are you, Gordon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, he, he, uh, he, wasn't a, he wasn't ashamed of his Lord. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so he was, you know, he was a pretty conservative, buttoned-down Baptist pastor, and he was very effective at personal evangelism, not just in events, but with personal evangelism, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. yes. Yeah, it's because of what you just said. What's the most vivid memory you have of those early years of TCF? Wow. This thing, this, uh, this freedom of worship, you know, like I said, I grew up, I was, when TCF started, I was uh, about 13. And, um, and all I'd ever known was a, the pew in a Baptist church. And uh, that's not a bad thing. It's a great thing, great fundamental teaching. Yeah, you're Baptist again now, so there you go. Yeah, you know, like I said, with a charismatic twist. There you go. <laughs> but um, it's, um, it's, it was this thing, uh, somebody like Nettie, said on the on the film um people were showing up the auditorium was packed wall to wall people and this freedom of worship and someone may get up and speak in tongues and someone else give a uh a interpretation and and that just that blew my mind i'm just telling you from the point of a 13-year-old kid, because I would be sitting there going, where is that in the bulletin, you know? And, uh, but it, it's true, the, the freedom of worship, 
you know, uh, a chorus might go a few times or it might go on and on. And people were free to raise their hands and praise the Lord. People were getting saved in droves. It was, uh, it was an exciting time. Mm-hmm. Um, how did your dad manage to balance family life with church work in those early years? Again, the, the activity had to be almost overwhelming, and a pastor's job is a pretty busy job with a growing church. Well, when some kid asks you, what does your dad do? Um, oh, uh, he's a preacher. Oh, he only has to work a couple hours on Sunday, right? <laughs> yeah, well, that's not true. Uh, my dad, um, counseling, um, Funerals, weddings, hospital visits, new babies being born. He wasn't home a whole lot, and, and he was into being out there ministering to people. Um, it's, uh, but yet but, he, he supported the uh, budding track star. Yes, yes. Um, you know, by the time I was in high school, and I hope, uh, I, hope I don't break down like I did the That's other okay, day. That's okay, David. You're among family. Yeah, and I recognize a lot of you. (laughs) Um, I was a pretty rebellious youth, and my dad was a good dad. And like I said before, he lived what he preached. But I was pretty rebellious and pretty much go my own way, you know. I don't have to worry about if the flip in my hair is just right anymore. (laughs) But um, it's... um, I think by the time I was in high school, he kind of took a hands-off approach and just prayed for me. And it's, he prayed for all of us kids. Him and mom fasted a day every week for us. So the question is, when I read the story of the prodigal son, I see my dad. And even on a greater scale, I see the Lord just waiting and watching for that kid to come home. And I would say the last 15 years of my dad's life, he was my best friend. And uh, so, yeah, he could balance family and church. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. You had one more thing you wanted to add, David, that you had told me the other day that you wanted to be sure to well, say. Well, let you get to it. I was telling uh, Brother Shouse there today, It's a sad thing to live your whole life and wake up one day and go, you know, if they put me on trial for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict me? So I was was praying about getting up here because this is not my comfort zone. And I was trying to think of some verse in my comfort zone, like in Romans 8 or... or, uh, maybe a, a psalms, and the Lord kept laying on my heart the Great Commission. And what is this church all about? And it's, and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. All power is given unto our Lord in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Amen. Now, 
this church, I think I shared with Brother Shupak, um, man, all you heard for a long time was missions, 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 missions. But that's for all of us. Where is your world? Where is your world? Is it in, uh, is it in your neighborhood? Is it in your family? Is it in your school? Is it in your workplace? Where's your world at? We're called to be ambassadors for Christ. Amen. And everything he's given us, read the bread. And by the guidance, he didn't leave us here either. He left us the power of the Holy Spirit Amen. to guide and direct us. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a word I, I feel like the Lord gave me to share with you today. And he's, he's still working on me. So. Amen. We're all works in progress, aren't we? Yes, sir. Amen. Yeah. And that is the legacy that your dad and his life and his ministry left to this church. And it really is the Great Commission, isn't it? Yes, it really is. Amen. 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 And thank you so much, David. Thank you. I love you, brother. Well, as David noted... Missions is, is what, what we always heard at TCF, and we still hear it at TCF. If you grow up at TCF, matter of fact, in the new members class, we, uh, I, am, I usually teach the first class, and I'm in the habit of telling any potential new members that if you don't want your kids to go on the mission field, you may think about not joining TCF. And this year, we actually sent out one of our own who grew up in this church. He came when his family was six years old, and now they're in Tajikistan as missionaries and so it's still true to this day but we also have a lot of missionaries who've been on the field for many many years and we're going to hear now from three of them giving us anniversary greetings
each, each one of those missionaries had been on the field for 40 plus years. All sat in the pews where you're sitting, although I guess none of them were in this building until they came back to visit us because we weren't even in this building then. So, so it's a wonderful, that's again, David, that's another wonderful legacy of the thing that your dad started 50 years ago with the first service yesterday. It's an amazing thing. So through the years, you know, we've never really been much about fame, but we've had people that actually uh, are pretty well known who've been on this stage and on the stage at the various places we've met through the years. Through the years at TCF, Maria von Trapp, the original Sound of Music story fame. You know Maria von Trapp? If you've seen The Sound of Music, it's not Julie Andrews. It's the real, she was here. Corey Tenboom, who wrote The Hiding Place, ministered for years. Uh, Keith Green, Christian singer and songwriter. Hanson, the Hanson boys were here when they were younger and uh, the family went to church here. Bill Bright, the founder of Campus Crusade for Christ, now called Crew. Uh, George Verwer, the founder of Operation Mobilization. And uh, Richard Wormbrand, uh, Tortured for Christ is the book that he wrote. And he's been here a couple of times. Brother Andrew wrote God's Smuggler. And Lauren Cunningham, founder of YWAM. Now, if you're, if you're at all versed in missions circles, you know that these last several names that I've mentioned are really significant, well-known names in, in, uh, in Christianity, in Christian culture. And uh, Sarah Hazen is now Sarah Stitt, and she's the wife of the Oklahoma governor. Of course, she's the daughter of Terry and Debbie Hazen, who were here at TCF with their family for several years and were part of the Jesus Inn. And uh, Sarah has sent us a video greeting. Isn't that cool? I'll tell you what. One of the f- joys that I had over the last several weeks is I prepared a video and I looked through. I have literally thousands of digital images of TCF through the years. And picking the 200 or so that are going to be in this video that you're going to see is very hard. But I did it and hopefully nobody's going to feel particularly left out. But it'll give you a flavor of 50 years of TCF. And then we'll close.
Isn't that fun? It's a lot of fun. You know, one of the things we talked about Tuesday in the elders meeting is uh, we want to appropriately remember TCF's past. We want to give God the glory for his faithfulness. It's all about him. But we also want to look to the future. And we're grateful for the legacy that we have, the foundation that was built, uh, and the days that David shared with us about and all the things that happened then. But God's still using TCF, and we're still grateful for that. We have 12 missionaries on the field. We still have outreaches from this church. We're still discipling newer believers. We're grateful for all the things that God continues to use us for. Who could have predicted what would happen in 50 years of TCF and all the things that God has done through these years? So missions is still our heartbeat. David, you'll be happy to know, and I believe your dad would be thrilled to know, that we've had a renewed emphasis on personal evangelism. And we've been highlighting that more often in sermons and with other things here at TCF. So the word that I have is God's not done with us yet. God's not done with TCF yet. We're grateful for 50 years. We can look back with thanksgiving and gratitude for his faithfulness, but God is not done with us yet. A passage of scripture that I want to read as we close. And uh, I was just reading in my own personal devotion the other day from 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and thinking about all the good things God has done. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God, who has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. I believe that's God's word for us. We can't claim credit for any of all these good things that we've remembered. Bill Sanders can't claim credit. Chuck Farah can't claim credit for any of all these good things we've remembered today. It's all about him, and it's all about his glory. Amen? Amen. We're going to uh, close here now. I want to again invite you to the potluck. We'll be around the fellowship hall, around the corner here on the other side of this wall. And uh, again, you're all welcome to come. And uh, we're not going to stop and pray there, so just feel free to go right through the line, okay? So let's stand together as we prepare to close. Heavenly Father, we are grateful for 50 years and we're anxious to see where you will lead us, where you will guide us, what you will choose to use us for in the coming years, Father. And So we thank you and we give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise, recognizing that we don't have this sufficiency in ourselves to accomplish all the wonderful things that we remembered from these 50 years. But, Lord, our sufficiency is from you. So we thank you for that, Father. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that moves through us and in us. And we're grateful for this. Thank you for each person here. Thank you for the fellowship of the Spirit. Thank you for the unity of the Spirit that you give us. 
We ask your blessing now in Jesus' name. Amen. We're dismissed.